And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio. And we are here this hour talking about transitioning out of COVID if you have a loved one that has been sitting at home forever and trying to figure out, okay, how do we how do we take what we have right now with a probably potentially a senior that's been sitting alone for 450 days and how do we bring them forward? And I think this is the thing back into the society again. And one of the things, um, if their health has declined and if they have been in a situation where they need more care, a lot of families right now are exploring options. And we are here this hour with Kelly Smith, who's the Vice President of Care Partners Living. And Kelly, we're always so glad you're here with us. And thank you for the first half hour. And we're entering into this new chapter of how do we hit the new chapter, girlfriend? That's the thing. You bet. Anything we can do to help families with this transition, it doesn't even have to be my communities. You're, you're going to do this any place you go. Yeah. And I think it's important information. Anything we can do to help families make this a smoother transition for their loved one, it's better for the family, it's better for their loved one, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Kelly, if if somebody calls you and says, Mom has been sitting alone for you know, since last March, she won't leave her house. She's still, even though she's vaccinated, she's still afraid to leave the house. And, but I've seen her help decline. She needs help. Things are happening. Um, how do you guys work? What happens? Well, the first thing we want the family to do is come see the community. Come check it out. Because the first few minutes you're in a community, you're going to know if this is the right place for mom. Can you see her here? Do the people you want that the family to come first before bringing the mom? Well, I mean, they can bring mom at the same time. I'm okay with that. Some okay. families like to do preliminary research on their own before okay. they go get mom and dad. Uh -huh. Because there's so many places out there. Sometimes they like to narrow it down to just a couple. And I really do recommend that. Before you take mom and dad out, you don't want them to be overwhelmed. Hey, we got nine places to show you. Instantly, mom <laughs> and dad are going to go, no, 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 please don't. Because here's what happens. Just like when you're house hunting. I can't tell you how many houses I've looked at. And then you go back home and you go, hey, honey, which one had the blue kitchen? Was that the first one or the second one we looked at? Right. Right? So you can't, you know, you can get, you can get too much of a brain fog if you see too many things. So what we really recommend to families is do your preliminary work, narrow it down to two or three. Okay, find, find the ones that meet the amenities and the neighborhood and the pricing and everything that you need for your folks. Okay, if it's too outrageous, if it's too expensive, if it's way out there and it's going to take too long to visit, mark those off your list. Okay, right. um, but there's a lot of good communities out there, so sure. you, you can narrow it down. Mm -hmm. Then, when you have the conversation with mom and dad, you can tell them, Look, we're not trying to go behind your back, but we did some research to find some really nice places, and we're not going to drag you around to a hundred of them. We already picked two or three, we want you just to look at. And they have a nice lunch, and you can go and just look. And once the parents understand this is not going to be a sales pitch, right? this is just to go and see the place. Now, again, you can also talk to the salesperson or whoever you're working with at that community and let them know, my parents aren't, they're not all for this. You can set that tour up, too, to be as friendly as you need it to be. Sure. Okay. Because there are salespeople out there who are going to push those people to make a decision. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And then there's other folks who are a little more chill, kind of like my company. We're like, hey, when you're ready, we're here for you. You know, I'm not going to talk you into something. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So 
Um, but again, have them narrow it down. Now, once they do make a decision, that's when balls really start moving. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's when they pick out an apartment, they put deposits down, deposits are refundable. That's when you're looking at getting assessments done. And assessments are not the nurse isn't going to come in and, you know, take a peek at your hiney and, you know, ask you a whole bunch of horrible questions. It's not like that. The nurse is your friend. And what she wants to do is get to know you. So she's going to come in and sit down and visit with you. Tell me about a typical day. And this is hysterical because it can go one way or the other. I've had families come in, they're like, what do you mean my mom has no services? Are you kidding me? She needs a standby shower assist. She needs dead hosts. She needs med management. We're like, we did the assessment. Mom said she doesn't need anything. All day long, she does all of her own stuff, and then you have to reassess. And then you have families that the kids come back and they go, what do you mean $15,000? Mom and dad do everything on their own. Not according to dad. He wants us to give him a bath on Wednesday. (laughs) Right? So the assessments can go both ways. And that's why we get the families involved. Mm-hmm. because sometimes people don't understand what the assessment is for. Mm-hmm. They think, well, hey, I'm going to go live into this place. I'm going to have them do everything for me, right? Mm-hmm. You come in in the morning, I want you to wake me up. Mm-hmm. I want you to help me get out of bed. You know, I mean, it can you be can so too, right? right? Why not? So um, the main thing with assisted living communities you have to remember is most of these places, like us, for example, and uh, there's good ones. There are a lot of great ones out there. Like we refer to Brookdale and, and Era Living. I got friends there, and they're awesome people. We love them. So their mission is the same as ours. We want to keep independent people as in, in assisted living as independent as possible for as long as possible. Correct. If you start doing too much for them, you take away what independence they have. Right. It's like a child. If you take a child and you're constantly tying their shoes and buttoning their shirt, they're 10 years old, and guess who doesn't know how to tie his shoes and button his shirt? Yeah. See? So it's the same thing with, with assisted living folks. As long as they can still do it, we might be standby assist to help them. But that's what people need to understand with those assessments. We're not there to make a list of every single thing they need and are we going to do it for them. No. Can they safely do it? Where do we need to step in? What support do they need to be successful? And you can add things as your loved one ages in place, and that's something else you need to know. Nothing is set in stone. You can also have a situation. What if mom got sick and now she needs help only for a couple of weeks? And then the services come off as she gets stronger. You need to know kind of how all that looks. Um, what if mom... You know, it, it really depends on the on the different type of company how assisted living is paid for because some charge a flat rate for everybody, some charge according to how much you need right. on a sliding scale. Is that correct? Can you kind of explain how that works in your industry? Yeah. For example, most places that have a memory care, memory care is almost always levels. Right. That one makes through four, sense. one through five. Because it's and twenty-four hour care. Yeah, it's just boom. This is your monthly rate based on your level. Right. Okay. And levels usually have wiggle room in them. Mm-hmm. So if mom goes up a few points, your level doesn't change. Right. Okay. Washington state law requires that once somebody moves in within 30 days, you have to assess them again because they might get better. Yeah. Now that they've got three healthy meals, they've got a hydration system, medications on time, their level might come down. So it's not at 30 days, it's within 30 days. Okay, so you got people who are also going to be paying very close attention to mom and dad, especially that first month because you're learning them. How are they responding to the care? How's it going? So they might come in at a level two or three during um, their first month, 
Mm-hmm. But they also might drop down. So be prepared for that. But they also might go up the level. They might get in there and not do well at all. So families also have to have realistic expectations of how well their loved one's going to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very important as well. Um, and most of us who've been doing this a long time, I'm going on 14 years, we actually sit down with families and I tell them, I want your expectations to be very realistic here. Sure. Okay, mom is not going to go from an 83-year-old woman using a walker to doing the runway like a supermodel in six weeks. No, right? We're going to do our best. We're going to work with physical therapy. We're going to do everything we can, but I want your expectations to be realistic. Sure. There's also a social side to this. When they tell me mom has been isolating and she won't leave her apartment, we talk about the social side. Mm-hmm. Very important. Because I'm going to tell you, one of our taglines here, and it's not something we made up, it's something we believe in. Dementia is what your mother has. It's not who she is. Very good. So tell us who she is. Because our daily grind here isn't just making sure she's safe, warm, fed, dry, as her medication's on time. There's a soul that we're also taking care of here. Absolutely. And what we want to know is how do we reach her with dementia? How do we find her? Because she's going to have those moments of clarity, and we want to be right there. Yeah. So those social assessments are important because if she's at home isolating, and even if she doesn't have dementia, those social assessments are important because if we know she loves to play cards or she loves to party plan, or there's things she always used to do, but these last 15 months have been so horrible for her that she can't even get off the couch, we're going to get her in here, and guess what we're going to do? Hey, we're having a party. Go get Jan. She used to party plan. Let's have her come help us. You see what I mean? Activities don't have to be what's on the calendar. Activities can be whatever you need them to be to pull your resident out and make them feel part of a community. And having a sense of purpose, which I think is so valuable in the fact that to integrate into a community is the fact that, you know, I do, I live every day because I have a purpose. I have something to look forward to. And I remember just a little quick side note, my mom found this little trillium plant in the woods, you know, like, and, and I, this was a long time ago and she loved it and nurtured it when she was younger. Well, my sister-in-law found one again and she brought it to my mother in the nursing home and when she was in skilled nursing and mom was bedridden for the most part. She had dementia. And, but you know the beauty of this? She put that little trillium plant in the window, and she had it in water, and then we planted it after it grew roots. And you know what? It started to grow. And every day she was excited about this little plant. And that told me that she wanted to live. It go. told me that she had a purpose to see the next day, to see this little plant grow. And as silly as it was, but to having her have dementia, and this was something that she really loved to look forward to, meant the world to me because it was an indicator that she wanted to live. There you go. And, and how many times have you heard in songs that you always remember the way something feels? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when people are starting to decline, why do they stop socializing? It's because they don't want the people around them to see what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So they start to, 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 to drop off a lot of their socialization because they don't want people to know they're private people. That's a generation that kept a lot of things to themselves. And it's also denial. You know, if I go, it'll go away or anything like that. So we're going to talk. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about that in our last segment, a little bit with Kelly about 
integration and really about things that we're doing out into the community that is helping seniors with the transition. And so everyone in the meantime, Kelly, how do we reach you? Carepartnersliving.com is the best place because then you can actually see testimonials and pictures. And if you really want a good scare, check out the admissions page. You can see my happy mug. And we love you. <laughs> so anyway, everyone, Kelly would be right back right after this. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.